Welcome to the Boston Society of the New Jerusalem's Church on the Hill podcast. If you like it, consider joining us at 140 Bowden Street in Boston for more, or visit us on the web at churchonthehillboston.org. It's time to get up. You know, I, I didn't realize that the title would be more appropriate after listening to really long readings. <laughs> kind of hit me. But we have two really long readings today. And for those of us like me who are used to 30 second uh, long commercials that have scenes that switch every 15 seconds to keep my visual interest, I might ask, why on earth would you ever have such long readings? I tried hard to make these shorter. In fact, if you look at the revised common lectionary for this week, it's only actually going to give you half of the Bible verse we read as what I should be reading today. The problem is I couldn't separate the two. I kept looking, how can you understand one without the other? Because see, these two stories are intimately connected. Our readings from scriptures today about these healings, are they actually play off of each other. And so often when we read the Bible, we read just one piece of the story. And we learn that one story. We can go around and talk to people about that story. But we don't understand that story in the context of what's really happening. Somebody would probably be able to talk to you at length about how great it is that this woman was healed from her bleeding. I've heard stories about the healing from bleeding all the time. And I've heard stories about Jesus resurrecting dead people over and over again, all the time. But when you don't hear these two together, you miss some of the nuances about what's happening. In this story, you have a woman who is risking breaking the law. And we oftentimes hear our world, there's not that much of a big deal about interrupting the minister when he preaches, right? Or interrupting the teacher. Actually, in the United States, man, kids are encouraged to interrupt the teachers when they're talking and lecturing. I had a German teacher once who... I had a teacher who was from Germany once, which is separate from my German teacher. Though she was from Germany, too. Uh, but in this class, Someone raised their hand, and this teacher from Germany just looked at them and said, I am lecturing. You will wait until I am done. Your job as a student is to learn what I have to teach you. I do not care about your opinion on what I am teaching. That's a German model of education. <laughs> but here's the thing. What if it's right? What if the student, as a learner, doesn't actually have anything that's as important to say as the teacher until it's appropriate, right? She would take questions later, but her attitude was, your job is to learn what I am saying, and then when the time is right, you have a time to ask, but don't interrupt me with questions until I'm done. But this is what's happening in the story with Jesus. He's sitting there teaching in a synagogue. One, a man teaching at that point would not have had women in the room, let's be honest. So she breaks in, she teaches, she's violating law after law after 
means that she's ritually unclean, which makes anyone she touches and the religious space itself potentially unclean. She is violating massive laws just to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And she's cured. Immediately following that, the person who is the leader of the synagogue is told that his daughter's dead. And he just goes into mourning. He's standing right next to a miraculous healing that just occurred by a person who's famous for healing people. And he doesn't say a word. He doesn't go to Jesus and ask. He just starts to go into the morning, and Jesus tries to intervene. He's like, oh, she's dead. He's like, no, she's just sleeping. These two things have an interconnected point to a notion of faith and belief that we don't always get when we don't hear them both side by side. This passage tells us that belief is important, and just intellectually engaging something isn't always the right thing to do. But here's my question for you. What does it mean to believe? You see, belief is not simply uttering a phrase. I know lots of people who tell me that they believe because they, they say something. But then I turn around and I look at them, and their behaviors and actions are opposite of that, of what they claim. Belief is doing something fundamentally different than making a rational claim or a verbal claim. It is about shifting the way we see the world. It is about moving from being asleep to being awake. It is about putting confidence in God and not in yourself. So I'm going to hit something that I say all the time. You all will eventually get very tired of hearing me attack the lottery. But I'm going to attack the lottery yet again. So here's the thing. You buy a lottery ticket, you win it, you get rich, you get happy, right? All the research shows that you don't get happy from winning the lottery. There was a little bit of a lie going around that actually said that a person, when they win the lottery, becomes unhappier. They've done some new research and found that that's not the case. This research was really interesting, though, because they actually asked the same questions of people who win the lottery and people who have catastrophic illness and injuries. And what they found is the level of happiness that a person experiences in their life rarely changes whether or not you win the lottery or you're diagnosed with cancer or you lose a limb. That a person, their happiness and their understanding of the world is something that's deeper than the external situations that occur to them. In other words, a happy person has bad things happen to them, and guess what? They're happy. A bad person, not bad, a unhappy person has bad things that happen to them, and they're still unhappy. The question of what it means to be human is more than what it is that this world gives you. So here's a clue about God. God does not care about how much money you have. God cares about your life. 
Here's the problem. God's understanding of your life and your understanding of your life may not always agree. God's understanding of life is about you being the person that you were created to be, about your true, genuine nature of a person shining through and not being controlled by the world. There's a person who once said that how you deal or how you face death is as important as how you face life. I don't know who said it because I stole it from the Star Trek movie. But there's truth to this. We know that the inner quality of who we are does not change based on our external stimuli. When people have profound spiritual awakenings, when people shift from one mode of their life to another mode of life, it is usually not because of an external change. It's because of an internal one. I like probability. It's why I like to attack the lottery. Okay, I like probability. I actually realized recently that marketers can figure out what I'm going to do before I do it. Right? Apple has my number pegged. Right? They, they know how to make me choose what they want me to buy. I don't feel like I'm controlled, but I feel like I really, I'm in control. I'm making decisions. And yet marketers and web people and people who study this, they can tell what I'm going to do before I do it. How many of you realize that that is probably true? You look at your age. You look at when you're born, where you live, and marketers know what you're going to do before you do it, and yet you feel like you're in control. I'm not talking about what happens in this world. I'm talking about the sense of, are you living a life that is cultivating what God wants you to do? Happiness does not come from this world. So just while I attack, attack the lottery a little bit, seven, $70 billion a year industry. That means of all the states where lottery is legal, the adult population could each get $300 with that much money going into it. Not, I mean, I'm not saying that people play. I'm saying you could take that $70 billion and you could give people $300 across the population. It's a hideous amount of money. The average person who plays the lottery spends hundreds of dollars a month. $20 a week, some people budget. On average, that's more than $100. Your probability when you buy into the lottery is that you are more likely to die than win the lottery, right? And yet we do it. Some say it's fun. This is what I love. The lottery as entertainment. It is fun to give your money to other people. Because you get a thrill as you scratch the ticket. If you, because there's a chance that behind that little number, there's something that's going to make you feel happy. 
you, there are people who are like, I won $5, woohoo, and they spend $20 a week, right? It doesn't make sense. We are getting our entertainment from an external sense of self-worth, that winning has made us better, right? Here's the thing. If you were to take $100 a month, that's one week of lottery, or one month of lottery pay, uh, payment, and invested that just in the stock market, the, in 40 years, at the time of retirement, you'd be worth a little under half a million dollars. That's your lottery payout. That's probability. But you know what we don't like to do? We don't like to do things that make sense. We don't. We want the instant thrill. We don't want to invest in ourselves. And this is as true in our spiritual life as in our physical life. We don't always want to do what right, what's right because we want to be entertained. This is what the Bible is talking about when it talks about a person who is just sleeping. Does that make sense? You are not your true self if you are letting the world tell you what happiness is about. Whether or not someone likes the president who's been elected, I'm going to argue, I don't mean Donald Trump specifically, I mean any president. I've lived, believe it or not, through multiple presidencies. There are presidents I've liked and presidents I haven't liked. Do you know how much the decisions that president makes on a day-to-day -day basis affect me as an individual? Much less than probably the president even wants to think. But do you know how upset I can become based on what the president says? I can spend all my energy chasing these emotional experiences that are basically entertainment. Spiritually, you are better off not reading the news every day. Because the news is more about entertainment than you think. Spiritually, you are better off not fixating on things that really have very little to do with what you can control. Now, I want to put a caveat here. I do not think that a good spiritual life means that a person is ignorant of what's happening or that inaction or inactivity is somehow going to help the world move along. Rather, I would argue that true activity, that true interaction, that true engagement is what makes us happy and the world a better place. As I've said before, my picture of hell is the New York Stock Exchange where people are fighting, fighting and struggling to corner the market, right? Everybody thinks that they can make the decision that's going to control what the outcome is Anyone know what a hedge fund is? We hear these statements a lot. So a hedge fund company describes a hedge fund. A hedge fund is an alternative investment vehicle available only to sophisticated investors, such as institution and individuals with significant assets. Second, as a result of being relatively unregulated, hedge funds can invest in a wider range of securities than other funds. Right, this is what they said. A classic definition by someone not in the finance world is, 
It's a limited partnership of investors that use high-risk methods of investing, such as borrowed money, in hopes of realizing gains. In other words, they borrow money from other people and risk other people losing it so they can make more money. They are chasing the high of the moment versus a long-term strategic growth model. This is how. This is what it means if we think that happiness is going to come from us chasing moments of excitement. So take it away from finances. What do you do to be happy, to be spiritually good with yourself? How often do you get upset when you buy something or turn on the TV to watch something, hoping that you'll do something that's going to make you find happiness? Most of the time, the things that we do to entertain ourselves do not make us as happy as we think. Does that make sense? And don't get me wrong, it's fun while you're doing it. There's a movie, Independence Day. Probably 25 years old now. Man, when I was watching that movie, it was the best movie ever made. It was exciting. My brain neurons were flaring. I was having the best cinema experience of my life. It was great. Every minute following the movie, I walked out like, what was that movie about? Well, well, it was kind of about alien independence. <laughs> but it, the more I got away from it, the more I realized that I, I had wasted two hours of my life on something that was, it didn't, there was nothing really redeeming about it. It was pretty, though. Oh my gosh, it was pretty. What is it that you do to make a difference in your life to not sleep through life? You see, Independence Day was me sleeping through life. So here's what I'm going to say. More likely than not, things you do out of obligation toward other people will produce a happier after effect than the things you do out of enjoyment. Volunteering, activism, doing things where you build relationships with other people out of obligation. I would even argue, and I know now I'm, well, I can't preach to the choir anymore, can I? Now I'm preaching to the soloists. Acting out of obligation by going to church yields a greater likelihood and probability of making a difference in your life than sleeping in until noon. There is a chance that you could hear something today that will alter the way you view your existence for the rest of your life. More so than if you slept until noon. So, what I am saying is, when we are chasing our emotional highs, like a bad stock market, when we chase those things, we are usually let down. We are playing the lottery at that point. When we act out of doing what is right, being kind to someone, not because they're kind to us, but because it's the human thing to do. Taking these practices into everyday, moment-to-moment -moment living, acting out of obligation. I know that I said I would show up somewhere, so I'm going to show up. Because someone else is counting on me. Acting out of the plans and out of the things 
that we're expected to do yields a greater likelihood of returning happiness than not. I don't know if that makes sense to you. What the Lord is telling us about in this passage is the fact that we should be seeking connection to God. And the way we do that is to act from love. Not acting in loving the world. What are you doing to touch the life of another person instead of yourself? Seeking entertainment for, the, for entertainment's purpose is inherent selfishness. My kids will tell you, we went to the movies recently. I will have memories of going to the movies because I was with my kids, not because of the movie changing my life. What does it mean for you to wake up? What does it mean for you to sensibly invest in your spiritual life, to turn from your own desire of being right, which is what the synagogue leader represents, right? A person who doesn't want to see that they are not right. What does it mean for you to act from love, to let go of fear, to work with the connections that you make with one another? Chasing the highs is not ever going to help you wake up. So thank you for being here today. Hopefully you heard an alarm. Hopefully something here today helps you wake up and realize that it is your relationships with other people and the opportunities that you are called from yourself that you get up and not your desire to seek your own payout. And that doing that with God in your heart and in your life offers a much higher probability. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Boston Society of the New Jerusalem's Church on the Hill podcast. If you liked what you hear, consider joining us at 140 Bowden Street, Boston, for more. Or visit us on the web at churchonthehillboston.org.